Hello and welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Kevin Decker. And I'm Tony Flynn. You've been putting in the marks in your cell wall to see how many more days until today, because today is what we're calling the 200th episode episode of Men in Charge. 200, the bicentennial if we were talking about years, but we're not. Kevin, tell us something about this episode. It's strange. It's different. I don't even remember it. It's so strange and different. Yeah, it's very strange and different. I think everything that has made Men in Charge the international, or maybe we should say interspatial success that it is, because we know that radio waves go off into the ether sphere of the universe, but everything that has made us uh, really great name tags, Cornish pasties and cellophane, like you mentioned the last time we tried to do this. this <laughs> half, <banter. laughs> half sandwiches, yeah. fee handling fees, all kinds of Payday tags. loan operations. <laughs> it's, it's all here, ladies and, and gentlemen. And the Schmalkaldic League. That's right. If we could have done a variety show special with Tony Orlando and Don. And Donnie and Marie. And Donnie and Marie. We would have done that, but we didn't. And thank God we didn't. That's <laughs> and <it>. you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. But t- today is... Another one in our great tradition of all banter episodes. No scripts. Kevin and I have no idea what we're going to say next. And neither do you, by extension. So. <laughs> and so you're right there with us. The show is happening to you as it happened to us when we recorded it. Is there anything in particular we should look forward to? Or there you... is, Tony. Actually, I think we have to introduce the segue here because as public intellectuals, as concerned members of the public, we've been really worried about the way school board meetings have been going recently. And so we've sent one of our remote teams to record the Lower Heights School Board public meeting. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to go to that meeting and see how things are shaking out with mask mandates and vaccines. Yeah, we'll see if everybody is wearing pants. So, Kevin, uh are you wow. still planning to go ahead and run for school board? Yeah. Um, you're insufficiently armed. Yes. Like you're yes, not, yeah, you're I not don't bringing carry. a no. pistol right now or no, I'm you not. don't even have a baseball bat or a right. chunk of two by two. But I'm talking about the level of discourse that we heard there. I mean, admittedly, nobody was talking. There was a lot of screaming. Right. But it's really important when you're trying to come to consensus about what your kid's future will be to start with the screaming. Yeah, because from the screaming, you can then escalate to uh, physical violence. Yes. And if necessarily, you can come down to the level of shrillness, but you're probably not going to win an argument with that. But if you have surges enough and issue enough death threats, you can have your way. And I think that's the approach of a lot of parents these days. Yeah. The school board meeting is right, still going on. And so we'll have a chance to check in and see where they're at in just a little while. But before we do that, we have some serious work to do, going through some of our season four sketches, doing the uh, analysis that we've been waiting to do for some time. Yeah, that's right. Well, the committed listener will know from within their padded cell that season four of Men in Charge was amazing and was lost. It was what made us award eligible in the first place, season four. It was head and shoulders above anything that we had done before. We had guest stars, top names. Kevin Spacey, 
begged to be on that was on the show during season four. And later we regretted that, but now oh, it's all we did. It's all lost, so we have nothing to regret anymore. And that's great. Anyway, there's a bunch of wonderful sketches that I recall from season four that now the listener can't go back to the web and listen to. And I want to just call out the very short-lived Minerals of Note series. My favorites were Minerals of Note number one, number eight, Minerals of Note number 13, and the aptly named Minerals of Note number 13B. So uh, I really can't share your enthusiasm for Minerals of Note 13B. But I missed the show, and, well, we've had no complaints about it having been taken off, but we are open to complaints, insisting that we put Minerals of Note. I I miss... um, Plant life you've inadvertently tracked in, especially the first few episodes. You know, you walk into your house, you leave your shoes on because why not? And then you find this track of leaves or twigs or detritus, and you don't know what they are. No. And I think this was a service that Men in Charge provided, a way to examine the plant life that you'd tracked into your house inadvertently. Right. Well, you know, radio, as we've always said, is an inherently visual medium. It's it the is. most visual medium. So it took those sketches of Men in Charge to help people to be able to identify fungus or plant, part of an animal or a plant. Normally, if you brought in part of an animal, we were less interested. We were more interested in your plants. And we had to turn away a lot of right, them. Right. But it is one of the reasons why we call them sketches because they were drawings, they were visual accounts from which That's right. we could deduce where you lived and what your address was and what your credit card number was. Season four was a while back. It was before there was anybody orange in the White House. It was before that person was married to a woman who basically took her clothes off at the drop of a hat. Yeah, the only first lady whom we've seen naked. Right, whether we want to or not. But we did do, I think there were only two segments, but those adages and aphorisms of Melania Trump was very memorable to me because a lot of them had to do with, what was that, gold, uh, silver, no, gold digging. And then other ones uh, had to do with if she ever got into the White House, creepy, you know, what plants she would destroy. The plants would have to be uprooted. And I think that season was pretty prescient. Yeah, it absolutely was. And then there was the thing about Lorenzo Lamas that hasn't even happened yet. But we're (laughs) waiting. But if it was in season four, it will happen. And suddenly. (laughs) So other season four sketches that you remember, Tony, I remember we did do that riff on the Civil War that was kind of like Free to Be You and Me, that old 70s feel good special. This one was Robert E. Lee, Why Can't We Be Friends? Yeah. And the, the lighter side yeah. of, uh, well, the Civil War in general. But we did spend some time with a Robert E. Lee segment examining his status as an American hero slash traitor. He was a good slaveholder, for one thing. He enslaved people, he kept did. them that way. Right. He was in service to the federal government, and then when he was offered a high position in the Confederacy, just went for that. With the other side, they gave him a better title, so... Who wouldn't have changed sides? Who wouldn't have betrayed a country if you're offered more money, more position? And you get to keep enslaving people. That's right. (laughs) Win, 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 except 
loss. But the subtitle, Why Can't We Be Friends, I think really emphasized Robert E. Lee's desire to make people, well, white people feel good wherever he went and to build white people up. That's why he's embraced today by certain white people, because Mm -hmm. they're being congratulated for some lack of vitamin D, frankly. that's right, yeah. And now, of course, our only question this far after season four is, what are we going to do with all those Robert E. Lee statues? You can't melt them down. They're stone. No, and they're big. We could store them. We could kind of flatten them out and make them new walkways at historically black colleges and universities. That's an excellent idea because those whose ancestors were downtrodden could now tread upon the downtrodders. That's right. That is an excellent idea. And I'm going it's to suggest so good, that. it's not even funny. It's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to send it to Osha. Cobblestones, yeah, yeah. The new Robert E. Lee cobblestones. And we don't have to stop with him. I mean, <laughs> anybody who was a traitor to the country because they were part of the Confederacy probably yeah. deserves Nathan that. Bedford Forrest. Right, right. One of our favorites. Yeah, traitors. Well, a lot of these guys were West Pointers, and they swore an oath and then thought, well, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. That oath isn't binding. I mean, no, it's not. It it's only oath. binding if they got to keep enslaving people. That's correct. That's the history that I was taught. And it's one that some people, interestingly, are proud of. Yeah, I don't get that. But uh, we're trying to keep it light here. You know, again, the lighter, the funny side of the Confederacy and... And of Civil War. Mass slaughter. I mean, people give the Civil War a bad rap as a lot of people dying. There must have been something fun about the Civil War. It was the first mass people dying we were able to take pictures of, you know. Yes. Matthew Brady uh, from the Brady Bunch. I know why you know that and I don't because I tried to watch Ken Burns' Civil War But every time the still image in sepia tone would kind of drift to the left or to the right, I would fall asleep. You found it hypnotic? Yes, I did. Well, what you should have done was turn up the volume so you could have heard the narration. Otherwise, it was just these black and white images swimming before your gaze with no audio context. No wonder you fell asleep. Yeah, I don't know anything about the Civil War now. And also, I was turned off by the whole idea of having uh, Johnny Carson do the voice for Abe Lincoln. It didn't work. He was in his Karnak uh, mentalist mode, too. Okay, so so he was actually in touch with Lincoln. He was, but... I've never really brought those two images, Johnny Carson and Abraham Lincoln, into any singular identity. Well, here on Men in Charge, part of our job is bringing together things that don't belong together. Yeah, yoking the incongruent together. I don't know if now is a good time to go back to the school board meeting. I think it is time that we check in once again, but take note. You're listening to Men in Charge, which means you have a lot of spare time. Well, um, that is our latest look at the school board meeting here in Lower Heights. Obviously, the topic was mask mandates. And there was a little critical race theory in there because people hear the word theory and it frightens them and they want to pull a gun. As I like to tell my students, they don't like the word theory because intellectuals and intelligent people create theories. And as we all know, intelligent people are out to trick the rest of us. They want you to believe they're not, but that means 
that they are. Right. I was really impressed, though. There was one guy who was the last person to speak right before we plugged the listener into the uh, school board meeting who had just started quoting Cornell West who just left his job at Princeton. And I think that was right before we heard a two-by-four cracking over his shoulder. There was a little cry of pain. But fortunately, it didn't hit us, so we don't care. If it happens to somebody else, so what? Yeah, I mean, what could we have done? Right. We we would have had to prevent it. No, no. We're showcasing it is is really what we're doing here on on this episode. (laughs) Right, violence for the listener's amusement. But we have something even more amusing because... Guess what came in my package from Barbizon? I don't know. I've, you've been looking at it longingly. I've been fondling it. Yeah. They're these very soft mittens, mm-hmm. but they glow a little bit. Not very much. They just glow enough to suggest radiation poisoning later on. But um, there are two mittens. There's the left hand and the right hand with this long, long wire. And I think they're like the idiot mittens that we used in the orphanage. Oh, yeah, that's right. So those are the ones that would go through your whole jacket. And then come out the sleeve, and then you'd put on the mittens, except this is time travel idiot mittens. Whoa. Men in charge finally have a real time travel device, and Kevin, I think we can't not use them. We should go ahead and use them, because what we have right now that we're recording on can be made portable. I'll just pull out a couple of cords here. Okay, good. And yeah, we should be ready here. Because if the listener can still hear us, you're going to come along with us you to are. go back in time, time, time. Uh, we can echo that if you want, but you can also just I know, do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> then why don't we just echo it? Okay. But I, I like We the can cheap. echo your fake echoey. <laughs> I got to ask, though, Tony, it's not clear how we set where to go on these, but where would you like to go? I wanted to go back and interrupt Leonardo da Vinci mid-painting and watch him goof up. Where do you want to go? Um, I have always harbored a secret desire to be a filmmaker, and my astigmatism prevents that. But I I would like to go back in time and kind of learn the cinematographical secrets of Lenny Riefenstahl. A little dangerous, but Nuremberg rally, whatever. Well, you and I are pretty pale this time of year, so I think we'll fit right in. Hopefully we'll fit in. Okay. I'm going to wrestle I, this I in. get one idiot mitten, I think. Yeah. And so you get the other. Here, you take it, feed it through your okay, jacket. And then through. I think if we make fists, you can feel the, no. you feel your palm warming up a bit? Yes. And okay. the fist is making me think no fighting. That's what my no mom No fighting. Said. So we're going to end up going either to watch Leonardo da Vinci yep. paint, make him goof up, or, or the Nuremberg, Nuremberg rally. <laughs> so ready? Here goes. This is not civilization of any sort. Well, it, it's hard to tell. It yeah. seems pretty windy. This um, could be the parking lot for the Nuremberg rally. It, it Maybe could we're be, early. But there isn't anybody around, and no. it's getting dark. Does your uh, mitten have a readout on the time? Uh, it keeps switching between 101,000 B.C. and 1954. I could watch myself be born, but there you go. where are no, we? I'm, it's a windswept plain. This is what we would describe as a desert, because it's super hot now. And you can see over there to the right where the clouds are forming and the night is coming. It's getting cold. That's what a desert does. Hot in the day and cold in the night. That's what they taught me. 
Well, <laughs> I don't think we're clad properly for this no particular place, no particular time. I kind of blame you. If you hadn't been thinking of Nazis, maybe we would have gone somewhere indoors. Maybe this is where all Nazis who time travel go as kind of a punishment. Okay, but we're not Nazis. Well, but I was thinking of Nazis. Not as Nazis. I mean, Lenny Riefenstahl was quite attractive for a Nazi. Yeah, but she was a Nazi. Yeah, she was a Nazi. But also, I'm getting cold. You know, this whole scenario is really kind of disappointing. I think we ought to spin the dial on your mitten. Well, there's no dial, unfortunately. We just oh, there close isn't. our mitten okay. fists. So should we think about the same places and then try to travel again or change? Uh, let's go to the early modern period and try to land somewhere near Da Vinci. Okay, okay? we'll both think about Da Vinci. All right, um, clenched, squeezing, clenched, glowing, and my palms are getting hot. Hey, Tony, guess what? I'm going to pull on my mitten. Ow! Damn it. <laughs> yep, you shouldn't have told me that's what you did on the playground with well, idiot Well, I was mittens. saying that was what was done to me, and you oh. did to me what was done to me. Okay, well, it's a cycle of violence. I'm sure that's... <laughs> It's okay, then. It's yeah. not your fault. No, it's, it's ha, society. Ha, ha. I blame society. Yeah. <laughs> it amuses you. I am not amused. Okay. And uh, Now you can nurse that welt later, but uh, I know, I'm going to grip again here. All right, we're going to grip again, but I okay. think you've screwed up our time travel. Ready? Mm. Ah. Okay, it's wow. dark again. It's really dark now. And kind of stuffy. And somebody has an elbow in my back. That's me. Ha, oh. ha, ha. What is this? We're, we're inside something. Hello? Hello? Can anybody hear us out there? There must be an out there because we don't have enough room. You're crowding me. Well, and there's very little oxygen or air in general. This is bad. I'd say it was a closet or a cupboard, but there are no wire hangers or any hangers of any kind. No, there isn't. And this is clearly a one-person cupboard. Well, you can stay here. I'm leaving. <laughs> well, let me know if you find the way out. Okay, but there's sort of, I, I feel some hinges here. Oh, okay. But stop knocking on the cupboard, sort of whatever yeah, it is. I think I might be doing that. If I can find the hinge, I can find a latch. If I can find a, a poster of Joey Ramone, we might be in a high school locker from the 80s. But it's wooden, oh, so it might be okay. a high school locker from 1901. Much earlier. Or perhaps 1894. Yeah, who would be on the posters in that? Jean Jaurès from the French <laughs> left? <laughs> or maybe there's a Dreyfus poster, but I don't feel any paper. I think we're grasping not even at straws because there are not even any straws here. We're in some cupboard. I hate time travel. It, time travel really sucks, and if we had just stayed where we were, then I could have pioneered my new science of dry land fishing. Yeah, well, let's get out of here. Let's We're do gonna it. We're going to have to go anywhere. We just squeeze, not, not the, the school, school board, board meeting. meeting. Okay. Okay, uh, I really can't swim very well. But we're, uh, we're near a raft yeah. somewhere. It's funny that an idiot mittens didn't put us on the raft when well, the mittens are wet. We should try to get near the raft. Generally. Yeah, we should. And by the way, I'm not going to be the Leonardo da Vinci or Leonardo DiCaprio in this scene from Titanic. The water's really cold, and i got to get on that raft right now because since I topped 200 pounds, I can't dog paddle anymore. You don't top 200 pounds? Oh, yes. Really? I do, yes. And I'm not going to argue about it because I'm sinking. 
Well, all right, but it's the fourth or fifth time that matters. You've only been going down three times, so I'll drag you a little bit toward the... Uh, you know, Kevin, I don't think we're going to make the raft. Why don't we yeah. just uh, squeeze? We should. Friends are people who drag you, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I think there's something nibbling at me. Yeah. Squeeze. Squeeze, squeeze right now. Squeeze. 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 Not the school board. Not the school board. Not the school board meeting. Boy, Kevin, I never thought I'd be so happy oh, to see this studio. Thank God. And I always told you, we're going to need a pile of towels. <laughs> and here, we, didn't, we need them. Actually, yeah. there was no purpose to the towels. There wasn't. Until, until now. now. Yeah. Well, thank God they're the monogrammed ones. They are. Here, don't use the one with my TF. No, most of them just have other monograms from the houses that they I came know. from. So. I think these are all Vern Wyndham. Yes, so, I have no doubt. Thank you, Vern. Yeah. That's what Thanks, the VW Vern. stands for. So we're toweling off from having been, I don't know where that was, the Indian Ocean or something. Well, we were in some kind of ocean, but yeah. land was nearby, not close enough in that raft. I couldn't make it out. I don't know when it was. So time travel, let's just call it disorienting and useless. Yeah. But we're nearly dry, though yeah. I'm going to have to put on our uh, men in charge terry cloth robes right That's now. That's good. Yeah. I always carry a separate pair of pants with me. Yeah. yeah. Well, why did the water even come back with us? Uh, that's frustrating, right? Because you paid a lot, I assume, for these mittens. Well, I got the package from my neighbor's porch, so who knows what the guy paid for it. But I find it a little offensive that the water from the ocean didn't have time travel idiot mittens, but it it got to time travel. It's either future water or past water. We don't know. Hopefully it doesn't have anything from the future that is inimical to humankind. But if you're dying as you're listening to this, ladies and gentlemen, that's probably on us. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We won't use those mittens again, but I'm going to still be looking for other packages on my neighbor's porch. That's a good idea. You never know what you'll get. Um, I noticed that there are several lights blinking on the studio phone, and I have a note here that says, don't forget about uh, new segment complaints by characters. My sense is that while we were gone, it gave some of our characters a chance to... uh, Leave voicemail messages for us, and I guess that's what the blinking lights are for. We're going to have to listen to them because we don't want to anger some of our characters because a few of them are a little dangerous, unstable, and they need to be pacified. Let's see who this one is. Tony, Kevin, this is Largo. We have a complaint. Um, Aiden, what... What is our complaint? Yeah. Now, we want you to know, Tony and Kevin, that we are dangerous and not about to be pacified. And if you keep portraying us as being a violent, underemployed, well, frankly, killers, that's what we'd like to be known as, then there's going to be a lot of trouble. I, I realize I not caught myself out in a contradiction. Yeah, but the thing is, we want you... Find some different actors than the ones who are doing it. you got to show the mellow side, the gentle side of a couple of brutes like Aiden and me. Find new actors. We want somebody that's like Bob Ross. That's who I want to play me, Bob Ross. I I want Bob Ross, too. Is he still dead? Yeah, he's dead, so that's a big problem right there. Get Bob Ross anyway, okay? Get somebody from PBS. That's who we want. Somebody gentle and bland. Someone who will put the kitties to sleep. Kevin, I'm not sure if we can get Bob Ross. Yeah, I don't think that we can, but 
it's never stopped Doctor Who. They always resurrect <laughs> their dead people. I know, so. but also Aiden and Largo are pretty dumb. We can yeah, tell them yeah. that Bob Ross is voicing their characters. They're, I think the important thing is to keep Aiden and Largo a little disoriented so they don't come looking for us. I hope the next voicemail from a couple of characters is going to be a little, a little more genial. Uh, Tony and Kevin, this is Dan Blanche. Remember me? You haven't written about me in a couple of years, and I've been in jail, remember? I used to like being the longest-serving adjunct writing instructor at Lower Heights Community College, but you made me lose my job and embarrass myself, and Sheriff Coors arrested me, and I've been in jail for no reason. I mean, I was just standing there and got arrested. Is there anything you can do to get me out? Dan, or... Dan, who, who are you talking to on the prison phone? Uh, Sheriff Coors, you know that I, I get to use the phone, do, do, don't I? Not just I, once an hour. Who are you talking to, Tony and Kevin again? Yeah, I want somebody else to voice my mail. character so I can get a break and get out of jail. Yeah, well, you think you've got problems. Tony and Kevin have been writing me as some kind of uh, churlish, uh, rural um, uh, idiot. For years, and one of the things that they like to do is say that I like to drink lots of soda, but they don't mention that it's diet soda. That's unfair. I'm, I'm, I'm on your side, Sheriff Coors, you know. I mean, every time you arrest me, aren't I agreeable? Don't you, I go yeah, along? Yeah, you are. Yeah, you even have learned how to put the cuffs on yourself, which I appreciate because I got these these meaty hands uh, of mine. They're meaty and you, you never set down your diet soda. It's, no. It's RC, isn't it? It's a big super gulp of RC and then that leaves my left hand free for the donuts. And then, then you know, a Mr. Pibb. No, now you're confusing me here. Dan, you're gonna have to go back to your cell. But Tony yeah. and Kevin, I mean, you, you heard the plea. Yeah. I want to be voiced by somebody else yeah, so I can we get all, out of jail. We all want to be voiced by somebody else, Dan. Come on now, come on. Oh, jeez. Well, Dan Blanche is a bit of a professional victim. I, I think we should let him uh, stay where he is. Might maybe he spends a lot of time in the prison library and meets a friend, you know, like a prison librarian. I think we should risk uh, one more shot. There's another blinking light. Let's okay. press it. Hello, I am Hans Fluker, and I hold several important academic positions, and yet men in charge have been making fun of me since 2014. And this is Jacques de temps en temps, professeur de toutes sortes de choses. But I too am cross because... You have not replenished our little bottles of absinthe, of no. absinthe. What are we to drink besides uh, Motel 6 brandy? Ugh. And your American coffee is a little more than brown water. Look, we have very simple demands. We want to once again be put on a plane or on hovercraft or just get away on some sort of vacation. We are on the interstate at the Motel 6 no one has restocked the absinthe cabinet. No. And the dean of our various sketchy institutes of learning has discovered that we never teach. In fact, we never come to campus. 
we say remote learning, remote but uh, learning. we yeah. laugh at that because do. the students, they come on Zoom and... Uh, they have no idea. And they're wearing their bunny pajamas. pajamas. We cannot teach no. when students wear the bunny pajamas. How can we teach critical gender theory and critical Disney studies with this sort of audience? So, Tony and Kevin, we are complaining to you because... You have ruined our reputation with non-bourgeois institutions of higher learning. We want to be employed where they pay a salary. We will not attend class, of course, but we want the salary and the absinthe. Well, Kevin, um, that's another one of the voicemails we can ignore because yeah. I don't care what our characters... I've already hit a race, so good news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. But keep calling in, characters. We'll give you the same treatment we do the bloggers. Yeah. But we do need to check in on the school board meeting one more time. <laughs> Thank our cast. Thanks, Pat Kevin. Pat yourself on the back, Tony. I'm yeah. patting myself we, on the We back. did really well, but yeah. thanks to all the other people who refused to be in this yeah, show. that's right. And so thank you to you in an ironic sense. <laughs> Uh, but we do also have to thank the Bad Plus, who for many years has been unknowingly providing our theme song, The Seven Minute Mind. And we also need to thank the many people whose number remains unknown. Carrie Boyce, Vern Windham, Nisha Shram, Nancy Roth, and... The man who brought us chaff and salt for our 200th episode anniversary, Brian Lindsay. 